Hi everyone and welcome back to Data Society's speaker series. Um, today is our first speaker for the semester. Uh, it's Nosa, uh, a friend of mine that I've known for a long time. So without further ado, Nosa, would you like to introduce yourself? Um, thank you uh, for the introduction. So my name is Nosa. I am the co I'm the founder and CEO of AKA Blockchains. Uh, we're integrating knowledge with opportunities and looking at making the blockchain easy to understand and creating a safe and simple way for people to learn about saving and investing with cryptocurrencies. Thanks, Nosa. Um, I guess to lead on from that, um, do you mind giving us like a quick overview of what blockchain is, uh, the, you know, the technology that runs all of this uh, madness okay so yeah um it's um it's actually pretty simple so i know most people might confuse bitcoin and blockchain but um, a blockchain is just a way of recording information and sharing that simultaneously and that is pretty good when it comes to financial transactions as we're seeing the first use case being cryptocurrencies like bitcoin um but yeah, it's just a record of information and the Bitcoin blockchain is the first use case. We're seeing financial transactions being used and people making some money. But in the future, um, we're already starting to see that innovations from 2020 moving forward, that the blockchain technology um, can be used to help improve medical records. And even just um, when it comes to supply chain management around the world, this technology is helping to turn digital um files make them feasible for the first time thanks for that um i guess the the main problem that scares people from bitcoin is how intangible intangible it is so do you mind uh explaining bitcoin is essentially and you know try and make it more tangible for people because you know it kind of it doesn't feel real for most people and that's why they're scared yeah um so yeah, it is fairly a uh, hard concept to, to wrap your mind around the first time you look at it, but um, I'll give some analogies to help. So the way Bitcoin works um, and the way it goes up in value is based off two things, uh, supply and demand. So as something becomes um, rarer and rarer, the price increases and with Bitcoin, we know that there are 21 million Bitcoin and that's, that will ever be created. So when it has a fixed supply and over the next two to five years, we're looking at having a cashless society uh, with the integration of contactless payments and digital online stores. Um, an example of that would be popular game Fortnite. We're seeing V-Bucks, you know, those have intrinsic value. So using a digital currency um, is the only logical way to move forward. So that has great um, use cases and demand. So with reduced supply and increasing demand, we're seeing the price of cryptos um, increase. Thank you. That's, uh, that's a great answer. Um, uh, again, if, if people are interested, and I know many will be um, mm -hmm. learning more about Bitcoin and blockchain, 
Um, do you have any resources that you'd like to recommend, especially for people who are just starting off that don't really have a background in technology? So yeah, um, our uh, main goal is to make people aware of the digital revolution that's currently undergoing um, a transition to a digital age. So on our website, we have uh, plenty of information and resources um, like our 2021 guide to cryptocurrencies and our prospectus on the future. Um, it's a little bit of a breakdown of who, what, when, where, and why uh, moving forward. And on our website for people that want to get access and maybe learn a little bit about how to buy Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, um, our recommendation is to start with the largest and the safest platform, which is Coinbase. Um, there's a link and a small little guide on our website. Just go to aka blockchain slash buy and you'll be able to get started. Perfect. Thanks, Nosa. And just to follow on that, so all of that that you mentioned is on your website. And is it is there is it is there a fee for it or is it all is it all free? So yeah, all the information that we're giving out is free. As when the business and this company started. It started as a student um, startup in um, 2016 with University College Cork. So since 2016, 2017 and 2018, we've been doing this by ourselves. And we got funding from the Higher Education Institute Ireland. Um, and it was part of the Student Inc. program in University College Cork. So all the education and all the information we give is for free. And it's accessible on our website through the monthly reports that we have on crypto and working sessions with myself and our other team leaders. Um, thanks, Nosa. Um, I, I guess a question that in particular interests me actually is um, the potential of blockchain and cryptocurrencies is, is nearly unlimited. And yeah. uh, I, I love to see and know where it could, it could be implemented, in which sectors, in, in what kind of methods. You, you touched on uh, medical, in the medical field, but uh, is there any other interesting uh, implementations that you think will be taking place, especially with companies starting to actually invest in Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. uh, no, that's, that's a good question. And um, I'm smiling because there is quite a lot of innovation that has happened in 2020 uh, moving forward. I know 2020 was an unprecedented year for most, um, but it's definitely a year of innovation for businesses as well. So we're starting to see now the blockchain, like we mentioned, be, uh, the technology for recording information being used in many different sectors. Um, most people would think I'm doing finance or technology, but I'm actually doing an a undergraduate in microbiology. And that's why the scientific field is um, and integrating this technology is very interesting as what we're actually doing at AKA blockchains over the next two to five years is trying to integrate um, blockchain um, record keeping with the uh, health services and the HSE in Ireland. And that's just one industry that can benefit from having um, a paper trail to now having a digital file on all patients. This will help to prevent Zata leaks and GDPR compliance, but also make sure that the owners of the information, the patients, have access to that when they also go abroad. Imagine a world where no matter if you're in Portugal and you slip, 
or you're in the Iceland and you're skiing, you'll be able to go to any emergency uh, hospital and they'll have a full record of your medical history. Not just that, oh, he's been on this medication, but with the technology moving forward, they'll know exactly what to give you. And that's just one industry that can benefit from it. Um, another industry that is uh, currently being developed is actually uh, fashion, would you believe it? Because using a blockchain where information is spread um, simultaneously and you can't have copies, um, this leads to having proof and trust. So we're seeing Nike actually back in December 2019 patent the technology for something called crypto kicks. It's something that they're going to be implementing in their shoes. What this allows you to do is moving into 2021 and 2022, no matter where you buy your shoes from, if it's from the Nike store or from Alibaba, you can scan the NFC code on the shoe and check the authenticity to check if the if it's from Nike or if it's not. And these are things that will bring trust um, onto the online platform. And that's just one use case of the blockchain technology. That's, that's actually super interesting. I didn't hear about the, about the fashion uh, implementation before. Um, mm -hmm. I guess uh, a question that stood out for me when I looked at your LinkedIn, and I think many people would agree is, you study, as you said, microbiology, yet you had two startups, uh, very, <laughs> if, I, if I may say. Uh, yeah. how, how did you gain your interest in, in technology? And it's just so many questions. Why, didn't, why did you try to do science while you knew you were interested in technology? And is there a middle ground that you're balancing yourself in the middle there? Yeah, uh, that's, a, <laughs> that's a question I get asked all the time. It's like, you should be doing finance or economics or something to do with computers. But um, to do a science, you need a science degree. Uh, to do business, you don't really need a business degree. And that's kind of why I went down the science route. Because with the technologies that we're seeing, uh, um, and they're kind of being buzzwords now, AI, machine learning, um, big data, these are all different fields of computer science that can merge into different industries. Um, my obviously interest is in science, but even if you're doing fashion, there are ways of using this technology. Uh, we're seeing even with social media, um, machine learning and AI is what led to the genius of TikTok, you know? Um, so there is a, quite a lot of overlap between the technologies of today. And that's why um, anybody, if they take the time to learn about uh, Bitcoin or crypto, or even if it's about machine learning, these buzz buzzwords today will help them to have um, a wide field of knowledge that can help in the future when it comes to setting up your own business or working for an industry. And that's kind of why, uh, like you mentioned on my LinkedIn, uh, I started with Nickel VC, uh, now integrating knowledge opportunities as a Bitcoin trading fund. Um, because I came into the world like I just mixed dough. This crypto thing is doing really well, but I came for the money, but I stayed for the revolution because understanding the technology is quite fascinating. The way I see it is if you're looking and learning about Bitcoin or blockchain today, it's the equivalent of learning about the internet 
1994. It's still when people are asking, what's email? The internet? What's that little A symbol with the ring around it? You know, it's questions that looking back today, it's like, oh, they didn't see that the internet could be used for social media or that we'd be using YouTube as the largest, second largest search engine, you know, because if you're looking at the technology at where it was, we still had dial-up. Remember the, the sounds of the internet? Doo -doo -doo -doo. And I think that's why it's important to look not at the past and where we are today, but to look where things are going. Um, for every new innovation, it's not about where it is today, it's what value can it bring tomorrow. And that's why I feel that myself, using science and technology to bring the best value, as we already have the smartest minds in the world, bringing the business and the technology together. No, I love that because I, I never see enough people uh, mixing you know, science and technology as a hobby on the side. It's, you do see it a lot with business, as you said. Uh, and yeah, I think, uh, I think it's mm -hmm. very interesting. Uh, great things uh, are bound to happen. Um, we'll take a question from the chat of Ben, who is asking, do you think flash loans in decentralized finance are stable investments? Uh, no, so okay. do you have anything to say? So when he refers to flash loans, those are um, collateralized loans with the DeFi movement. So that's decentralized finance. Um, do I think it's a good idea if it's a stable investment? I think with the current DeFi phase, it's a growing industry. As decentralized finance is basically a way of peer-to-peer -peer lending. It's kind of replacing traditional banks. At this stage, the interest rates and the borrowing rates are pretty nice for someone that is looking to benefit from that and to see it as an investment. But as more users come to play and the, the industry grows, um, there'll be more demand and there'll also be more supply. So the actual interest rates will start to decrease. But if someone testing it out for the next two to five years could do themselves very well. Um, but to think of it as a speculative play in a few months isn't necessarily the best idea. Um, the reason why, and the perfect example I like to give, um, even if someone wasn't using decentralized finance and took a loan to buy Bitcoin back in 2017, um, that would have been three years of holding for quite some time. And if you're doing a stable investment, I presume you're talking about more than a year plus, then I'd say it'll be a good idea. Thanks, Nosan. Just a reminder to everyone that you can ask questions in the comments. Um, again, going back to yourself, uh, how, so you started your first startup, you're still in school, am I right? Yeah, you're, this you're, was, uh, this was before, um, second, this is before college, like, uh, yeah. I think it was just after, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> after, after so everything, you know. <laughs> So my question would be, <laughs> did you did you need to develop any tech skills for that? Did you have to learn programming or coding or anything like that? And if you did develop any technical skills, how did you do it? Because, uh, you know, in school, I'm studying computer science now. I had no idea what coding was in fifth or sixth year. So mm -hmm. do you want to let us know? So fortunately for me, 
Um, I didn't actually have to develop or learn any coding, um, mainly because at the beginning I was looking at like trading and investment and learning about the technology. But what I did have to actually do a little bit of research on was finding out, okay, if I don't know it, is there someone else that could? And computer science um, students today would know that GitHub, the largest depository for information, um, when it comes to blockchain and cryptocurrencies, um, there's quite a lot of templates that you can use, um, open source projects. So I didn't have to build anything from scratch. I think the most I wrote was like 100 lines of uh, C++, and that was the hardest thing I ever did. <laughs> so um, I didn't actually have to learn too much. I used the available information out there. And that's kind of um, what this is all about. Like when it comes to Bitcoin, when it comes to blockchain and innovation, it all starts by taking two existing technologies and putting them together. Um, just look at Tesla or Elon Musk in his entire empire. You know, electric, electric cars were an idea, but he brought them to the main stage by bringing the efficiency of new battery technology and putting a lot of time and effort into making it viable. Um, at the beginning, so no, I didn't have to learn too many technical skills, but I had to talk with a, a lawyer and find out a little bit of business stuff to set up the company in the right way, uh, which led to the birth then of AKA blockchains, the technology side. Mm -hmm. um, I guess, uh, I know you kind of dove into it a little bit, but do you wanna take us through your entrepreneurial journey that started back in 2016? And like how, why did you, you know, not continue with the first business and you, and you started AKA blockchains and, uh, and what's the difference between them? What did you mm -hmm. learn from, I guess? So the reason why I didn't take Nico VC into where it could have been today is, is really down to the, the whole like legal aspect. Um, as you know, cryptocurrencies have been around for 12 years and already has amassed quite a lot of information and quite a lot of interest, but the regulation hasn't caught up yet. So I think if I continued on my trajectory back in 2015 and 2016, we would basically as of right now be classified as a cryptocurrency hedge fund, um, which means you'll need financial advisors, uh, this, this, that. It, it, it took quite a lot of information but even as of then, there was no feasible way for anybody to do that. So that's kind of why, okay, we'll put the hedge fund on hold, wait for regulations to come into play and first actually become industry leaders. Let's find out as much information as possible. And that's kind of went for a switch of let's make money. So let's learn about this technology. You know, like I still have that chugging along in the background waiting for the regulation to come into play, uh, which we're finally starting to see as of 2020. It's no longer just individuals like me and you thinking about purchasing crypto. We now have banks, we have corporations, and we have countries starting to adopt it. And that's why, again, long-term horizon, but two to five years, we're going to start to see uh, quite a lot more businesses integrating not just the technology of blockchain, but using the Bitcoin currency. Yeah, definitely. I yeah. actually I was reading the news uh, today, and there's a football team who is the first team yeah. to ever 
there using Bitcoin. Um, it's very interesting. He got paid handsomely. He got... <laughs> yeah, and you're you're very you're very right yeah. about the regulations. I think uh, in many areas, even with stuff like electronic uh, scooters, electric scooters, and uh, stuff like that, Ireland uh, needs to do some catching up with the uh, regulations uh, to yeah. speed up, you know, the you know the advancement in technology in general. Um, you were part of uh, SMF, and uh, again, that's a that's a whole different. So you're in yeah. tech, you're in yeah. and finance now. So do you do you have uh, you know do you see yourself going into finance, or do you still think your career is in science and technology on the side? So yeah, my experience with the MSF that was madness. It was actually crazy. Uh, main reason because I already had the technical knowledge of trading, of investments, all of that for my own business with VC. And coming on to that, I, I was promoted very quickly to the, be the chief investment officer in 2018 and in 2019. Um, we picked some stocks. I looked at doing some fundamental research on Verizon Telecom services in America. And if you're thinking that might sound familiar, it's actually because their sister brand is called Vodafone in Europe. Um, they're the first people now to start um, branching out the new lines of telecommunication, aka 5G. So we've seen their stocks go up. Um, and that's why I, I did that. It was great. I helped them out. But moving forward, when it comes to the finance area and the future, like right now, as, we, as I mentioned prior, is like we're waiting for the regulation to catch up so that we can have Ireland be like, yep, you can move forward instead of us going fast and breaking things. We we don't want to be Facebook and take that model. <laughs> we're we're waiting to see the road be laid before us, and even if we have to wait two or three years, that's okay, as they're finally starting to see the importance of a digital future. Um, so in the meantime, our focus is on the integration of the technology, building IPs that we can. Uh, sell to the government, um, which is what we're currently doing uh, when it comes to the whole medical records and trying to find that be feasible. Um, I and the rest of our team are certified Bitcoin professionals, and we have that license um, until 2022. We have to update it again because the space changes so quickly. You know, it's kind of like being involved in coding Apple in the 80s. You had the Macintosh. Now, two years later you had the mac 2 and then you know steve Jobs is like hey so uh we're trying to build an ipod can you do that in like six weeks six months <laughs> so this space will change rapidly and for the foreseeable future we're going to be focusing on the technology but by 2024 and um, that's quite significant because by that stage with the current regulations all eu countries will start to adopt um bitcoin as their global reserve currency Long and short of it is, by that stage, crypto will be the largest global currency. So we'll probably be the nominating things in Bitcoin and it's um, in Satoshis instead of euros and cents. And that's when we're going to immerse as not just the tech leader, but now a, a hedge fund because we have the, the correct requirements. As currently right now, we hold I would say the figure, but we hold a large sum of Bitcoin that if we're seeing our projections in the next four years hit, uh, we could be a mid-cap 
S&P 500 company opening with an IP of I'd say about a few millions like uh, so <laughs> so obviously that's been being that's been being optimistic for 2024 but seeing the the growth the and the interest in the last year it's fairly feasible mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um T- tell me before I ask, I actually still have many questions, but uh, it's super interesting talking to you. <laughs> uh, tell me tell me about where is AKA Blockchains right now? How many people are on your team? And uh, do you do you work from your houses or do you have an office or not? Or where, what is the size of the startup at the moment? So as of right now, technically speaking, we're hiring UCC staff and we're working closely with the um graduate attributes program so because like we mentioned before we got funding from the higher education department and we're really connected with ucc we are allowed to use all their services and facilities so our office was primarily the student hub in university college cork Uh, we didn't feel the need to rent our own office as ucc was a great facility for people to come and meet um, the team right now, it consists of um, the Splatstone Launchpad support. So those are the great minds behind them. Um, but the company is fully owned by myself. So if you're going to be talking, it's probably going to be myself before referring others to <laughs> to our UCC um, department to learn about the technology and see where things can go. Um, but the team is growing and we're actually in the process this year of hiring, um, not just a technical analyst for doing more research, and so that I can actually become a college student again, um, madness. Um, but to grow the company, and uh, that's kind of what this is all about, growth for the future, as we are laying the foundations not for the next five or 10 years, but our goal is to be around in 50 years time, you know, kind of just like Apple and Google. And even if you want to compare us to Yahoo, uh, they're still here, <laughs> they're still kicking. So uh, that's kind of why we're trying to grow the space with people that are not just passionate about learning, but that want to see the growth of technology. You know, it's not, it doesn't matter if it's blockchain, if they're interested in crypto, um, you know, data analytics is an important part. You know, looking at modern mega trends, you know, um, like even if we're taking a broad look of today's world, we're seeing things become digitized. Before, this probably would have been a one-to-one podcast in the same room, but now we're using online platforms. So having that type of growth mindset and people that are able to close that digital skills gap between those who know and between those who do, you know. Because everyone has heard of AI and virtual reality, but those who like go out of their way to let's say, look at Oculus, or that have heard of TikTok and are being involved. Those are the kind of individuals we like to um, come and work, you know, and, and see what innovations they can bring to the space. Thank you, Nasa. Uh, we have a question from Conal Whelan. Uh, what factors would have led you to make a trade on Bitcoin back when you traded in 2015? The golden question. <laughs> uh, not quite a lie to you. It was mainly the prospect of getting a PC. Okay, so this sounds ridiculous, but I'll tell you the entire story. So 
there was an individual um, who I'll not name because he probably doesn't want to be named. But in our secondary school, um, he he was doing really well, and then he dropped out. I was like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, oh, uh, my dad has a computer store, and I'm going to help him to be, build as many computers as I can. It's like, what's that for? Like, why does he need extra help? He's like, oh, I'm mining Bitcoin. And I was like, bit what? And he told me the concept. And in my mind, I was like, so you're basically getting FIFA points from doing computer work. And once I realized, oh, it's digital money that is not just like I can spend it on FIFA, but I can use that to buy Nike or shoes. That was kind of like, oh, maybe I should get involved with it. And starting to look at the money led me to them realizing, oh, this is something like digital gold. Obviously, I can say that now, but back then I was just like, I'd rather have this than have like, a ten, I'd rather put like 10 or 20 euro each week into Bitcoin compared to saving like five grand just to invest it in gold. And that's kind of what led all those factors, the the mindability, the early stage, the the nuance, uh, and also then just the technical abilities is like, oh, I kind of, I, I'm kind of good with technology. I'm kind of tech savvy. I want to dive in and learn about it. And that's kind of what led me to placing my first trade. Unfortunately, it wasn't in 2015 when I first bought it. It was uh, January 2016 on my birthday. I was like, you know what? Let's let's do it. And best decision of my life to date. Uh, but yeah, it, it was really like a full year of learning and finding out like, what is this? Can I do it? Telling everyone, they're like, you're crazy, man. <laughs> So that's kind of the reasons that led me. It was a little bit of luck, a little bit of like, oh, tech savvy, I kind of want to see what's happening. And anybody that's asking those questions today, in five years time will be just as lucky. You know, like we mentioned where, if we're looking at Bitcoin and crypto and blockchain compared to the internet, we're in 1994. Facebook was created, what, 20 years late? Okay, 15 years later, Google and created app, um, YouTube in 2006. You know, that's what, almost 14 years after 1994. So anybody getting involved today, even if it's buying a Fiverr, a Tenor, a fraction of a Bitcoin today is like owning a fraction of Apple or a part of the internet in the 80s and 90s. No one really understood how valuable it was till 10 or 20 years later. And then it clicked. It's like, oh, that makes sense. You know, because the network yeah, effect, uh, it's a powerful thing. The more people that use something, the more valuable it becomes. You know, mm -hmm. having one person on Facebook, eh, 2.4 billion, that makes a lot more sense for, to put ads like. And we're only currently at 190 million users of the Bitcoin blockchain around the world. That's in every country in every place, that's Africa, that's America, that's Asia, you know, that's South Africa. There are, what, 2 billion people that are unbanked in just Africa and Asia and South America alone. If we're talking about a digital currency that can be used to bring everybody online, that's a pretty large market, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. Exactly. And I guess the important 
important thing to highlight here is it it was not a blind or lucky decision. You did you know learn about it for a year before you actually uh, invested in in Bitcoin. Um, related question from yeah. me: um, What do you think needs to happen for the public to trust Bitcoin? What's what will be the turning point? I think the turning point. Um... Okay, do you want the optimistic or do you want my like pessimistic view on the outlook? Because they're 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 two. Okay, so the the optimistic is that the narrative changes, right? When somebody doesn't understand technology, the first thing they slap on used for criminals, drugs market, blah blah blah, uh, dark and and that narrative since 2012 to 2016. It's starting to fade now because it's no longer just like that one dude um, that has Bitcoin. It's now hedge fund investors. It's Nike. It's Elon Musk tweeting, hey, I'm going to put 100 billion into this. Is that a good idea? And everyone telling him, yeah. And that was in 2020. Now he's the richest person in the world. Put two and two together, you know. <laughs> um so the narrative for crypto is no longer just a speculative asset. It's no longer something that just goes up in value and crashes. It's something that's maturing. It's a technology. And I think that's the, the narrative that's going to lead more individuals to start learning and earning Bitcoin. As it becomes a mature asset class, it's being seen more often. And with the regulations that make it safer, so that we can eliminate scammers that pop up like after Bitcoin rises. It's like, hey, you want to be rich? Bitcoin rose like doubled in the last two weeks. Give your money to me and we can, you know, once we start to get regulations, just like we have in the financial world when it comes to investing, which are, it's, they're, they're coming in very quickly. Um, that's when we're going to start to see some large adoption from the everyday Joe. Um, that's the good side if the narrative changes, but the more realistic and the more pessimistic side is not the fact of if people, but they, they'll have to use um, Bitcoin. Because if you go back to the whole idea of Bitcoin, it's digital currency, right? And because it has a fixed supply, the more people that want it, the price goes up higher. Um, so then if we look at what's been happening all of 2020, we saw every country around the world, Ireland, the ECB, the European Central Bank, and Americans Federal Reserve starting to print hundreds of billions of euros, pounds, dollars, and yens, all currencies, which dilutes how much purchasing power. What this means in English is we're about to see some rampant inflation happen in the next two to three years. Inflation is meant to be kept at two three percent so if you have rent in dublin of like 900 ouch that hurts um you'll be seeing that maybe the next year go to um no 920 that's okay an extra 20 euro increase but what we're starting to see now is inflation as of 2020 that will be affecting 2021 in america is 25 percent in Ireland, it's about 13%. So that same apartment that, let's say, if you're living in Trinity, that costs 900 now in 2020 will be costing 
you know, a grand. A year after that, you know, because don't forget inflation continues, it compounds, you'll be paying 1,200. By 2023, that apartment that was 900 euro a month is now 1,300 euro. And if you're earning the same flat rate rates that isn't increasing, people are going to be almost forced to have something that increases in value just to keep up with inflation. Um, and I think for everyday Joe, if he's still earning that same 1,000 euro and our rent is continuing to increase, the cost of living is continuing to increase, but if you just put that 1,000 euro into Bitcoin, by 2023, uh, we're looking at that person that saved a thousand euro, even at current prices, um, having over, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, having over 8,000 euro, you know, mm -hmm. and that obviously gives him a lot more purchasing power. So holding Bitcoin, because Bitcoin is going up in value, the cost of living goes down, but holding euros, it's losing value. So the cost of living goes up. So that's more of the cases like, oh crap, it's not a man, I maybe I don't want to get into Bitcoin. It's like if you want to preserve your value, if you want to be able to actually afford that banana that is what what cost one year or something today, that by 2023 at current inflation rates, that could cost anywhere between two to three euro. That's the same as a slice of bread, the same as a car, it's the same as a house. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I think people be more incentivized to use Bitcoin as a global residency. And that's kind of why we're like big brain, big macro economic view. We're starting to see companies and countries adopt it because they're looking, yeah, that's great. We can use it. But they're also trying to hedge against that dark reality of inflation becoming hyperinflation, like we've seen in Venezuela in 2018, like we saw in Germany after World War II in 1943. And like we're about to see in most developed countries in 2022 and 2023. Now, uh, this is, these are both optimistic views in, in other people's eyes because I know when Bitcoin was uh, projected to drop and it actually shot up massively and I, I do follow your page on Instagram and uh, you were <laughs> with, the, with the news. But yeah. there were... There is within the last month that Bitcoin did have a 15% drop in one day. And these yeah. are things that do scare people and many people are still skeptical of it. So, you know, this this is a huge price fluctuation. 15% is a lot of your money. Um, yeah. Do these fluctuations not scare you? Or are you just so sure that it will eventually go back up? So, okay. When it comes to volatility in the market, that is the classic uh, thing. Most people know if you're having a million today, tomorrow you might have 800,000 because it dropped by 20%. Right? But here's the thing in the long term. Um, the volatility for cryptocurrencies, as it matures, as the market cap of the, the total market cap, which is the total amount of money inside, increases, the volatility actually decreases. An example of this would be in 2016, we saw Bitcoin go from 300 euro to about 16,000 euro, but we had seven drops in that year of over 40, no, over 35%. Mm -hmm. But it still went up. 
And now, just like you mentioned, um, on the 11th of January, we had a 20% drop, but immediately then started to correct. By 2024, it would be 10. By 2028, 20, it could be five. And But over time, these drops start to get smaller and smaller as the market mm-hmm. becomes larger and larger. Mm-hmm. It's the same reason why if we're looking at this gold market or even the stock market, half a percent move, you're going to see Bloomberg start to call a bear market. The world's falling apart. Because when you have such an asset class that's that large, making a, a 1% is talking of billions of dollars. But the cryptocurrency market is still relatively small. So Elon putting in $100 billion, that pushes the price up by 50%. <laughs> you know, if we have um, MicroStrategy, which is a company that started buying Bitcoin as of May 2020, they threw in mm-hmm. about $500 million. The price jumped from 7000 to $10,000. Mm-hmm. Um, you can look it up. It, that, that happened in the space of a few days. But as more and more money comes in, withdrawals and all of that start to average out and slowly reduce the volatility and mm-hmm. that's why when we're looking at um bitcoin becoming a global reserve currency it's going to just look like every forex market ever where you're starting to see like one euro will still be worth one euro compared to the dollar but maybe might fluctuate by 0.1 percent in a day or 0.2 percent mm-hmm. You know, and that's why if we're looking most long term, like by 2025, we could see a stable Bitcoin price over 1 million euro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so we have you another. Um, and that's um, when it, the volatility. Yeah, sorry. Uh, we have another question there from Brian. What crypto besides Bitcoin do you think is best to invest in? There is a lot of others that are growing, actually. Would love your opinion on that. Yeah, so <laughs> I think as of right now, I think there are over what like sixteen thousand cryptocurrencies around the world. Uh, but mm-hmm. just like there are many currency pairs around the world, most people just stick with the top two or three. In this case, mm-hmm. if we're looking at traditional currencies, that would be euros, that would be pounds, and obviously the the most popular dollars. So mm-hmm. it's the same thing when we're looking at the cryptocurrency space. Each cryptocurrency is a project, but they have different uses. Um, I'd recommend if someone wants to look at Bitcoin as digital gold, a store of Ethereum, mm-hmm. which would be like the equivalent of digital oil. Um, in this case, obviously, you're not using oil for combustion engines um in the digital sense but where you're going to be using ethereum to power uh, um, the new internet age when we're talking about having applications like uh nike's um crypto kicks that's going to be built on top of a blockchain not necessarily bitcoin's blockchain but it could be and probably is on ethereum ethereum is like soft modular and can change um, kind of like the internet. It's a protocol called HTML that you can see different things being built upon. And that's kind of what Ethereum is. So you can invest in Bitcoin. That's the most 
largest cryptocurrency, it's also the safest when it comes to volatility, which is those price increases and decreases. But for most individuals, there are different coins to look into. But if you are looking to invest, it would be the top 10. So Bitcoin's digital store value, Ethereum, the protocol of the future. You could look into Cordano, which would be like I got the PlayStation Network. I don't know if they're going to be changing what they're going to be doing and changing what their platform does as time, you know, time goes on. But I recommend people stick to the top two, just Bitcoin and Ethereum. As if you go further and further down, um, all the platforms, they sound the same. They all want to be Bitcoin. It's kind of like every other startup to be Apple or Facebook or Google. Mm-hmm. There's a high chance that they will fail, but if they succeed, there's a high risk, a high reward. But if you just stay with mm-hmm. Apple, you stay with Amazon, you stay with Google, no matter what you put in, you're going to be doing well in the long term. So for individuals yeah. that don't want to add additional risk to getting involved with the cryptocurrency market, it's already risky enough, as you mentioned, with the the volatility in the short term. But if you have that long term horizon, a year two years plus i'd stick with the top two mm-hmm. thanks also mm-hmm. um i think we're coming to the end here but uh something that you kept mentioning throughout was bitcoin is like gold uh, think of it as gold and uh why why would governments want to change their reserves from gold to bitcoin what's what's the advantage so Okay, there's a little bit of monetary history, as in the history of money. But to summarize all of that, that is detailed in our report for 2021. If people want to find out like the entire mechanics of why this is happening, um, I'll just give a brief summary here. So before 1943, the Bretton Woods system is a system in which the US dollar was pegged to gold. This is what mm-hmm. gave um, the dollar its, its um, power as it was connected to a commodity. As before yeah. um, 1991, yeah, before in the 1800s, basically in the 1900s, we were using gold uh, as a currency to trade. Obviously, that was inefficient. So. We replaced that and kept that in vaults to use paper money. So having those same characteristics of gold in a digital era is so much better than having um, euros or dollars as of today. The main reason is because the dollar today is not backed by gold. It's only backed by the faith in the United States government. Mm -hmm. So... I don't tell anybody what happened in 2020, but that faith is starting to be questioned. So that's why we're starting to see, obviously America will will most definitely resist this till the end, but America is not the only country in the world. We're starting to see the European Union, Germany, um, Estonia, Lithuania, um, Cyprus starting to adopt digital currencies that aren't controlled by any government mm-hmm. and because it's not controlled by any government they can't have any sanctions and that mm-hmm. 
power for a government to be able to do what they want is why they're going to be adopting Bitcoin, dropping their gold reserves and eventually dropping the dollar as the gold reserve currency. There's a lot of macroeconomics or a worldview that comes into play. But if you're looking at who would you rather be controlled or I guess control isn't the right word. Who would you rather be uh, influenced by? The USA using their dollar by China, which is the next superpower, using the yen or a decentralized currency that you and everybody else can control equally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I'd say most people would probably want a, a piece of control, which is a piece of decentralization. That's the whole idea. Exactly. Spreading the power and spreading the information equally around the world. A question from the chat that heavily relates to this is, uh, do you think institutions holding huge amounts of Bitcoin could manipulate the prices in the crypto market if no regulations are put in place? So this kind of defeats the purpose that you were just talking about. Do you think this is possible? Yeah. So massive institutions that are holding, I presume she's referring to the one, the only Grayscale. Grayscale is a company in America that started in 2013. And they now hold over 16 billion worth of crypto. I think by 20, I, I, I think the stats are saying that by 2030, they'll hold one in, they'll have every tenth of a Bitcoin will be owned by them, you know. And uh, that's obviously quite a shocking scenario. But here's the great thing when it comes to decentralization and when it comes to the cryptocurrency market. And why? the manipulation that is currently occurring right now won't be able to persist into the future. Institutions are arriving now. They've had the last 12 years looking at the cryptocurrency market and saying, eh, we'll see. That meant that individuals like me and you have bought millions and billions worth of crypto. I think the current statistics are individuals hold about 10 million Bitcoin that have not moved since 2017. Mm-hmm. So out of 21 million, half of them are owned by individuals that are not going to be selling. The other 3 million Bitcoin are being traded by people like myself, people that are buying it on exchanges. So that accounts for 13 million of the 21 million Bitcoin. Right. Now, another funny thing statistic is out of the 21 million over the last 12 years obviously the price of bitcoin has increased dramatically but it's very easy to lose someone's bitcoin just like it's very easy to lose a wallet but once it's gone and you don't have your recovery phrase it's gone so there are about 4 million bitcoin that have been locked up so you can kind of see that the supply is kind of dwindling quite quickly you have 10 million held by people that are not going to sell 3 million that are already um, held by institutions that are buying and selling on these exchanges and 4 million are gone. That's 10 plus 3 plus 4. That means 17 million Bitcoin are held by normal people. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, there's still another 2.5 million Bitcoin left to be mined. 
So institutions and rich individuals like Elon Musk, like Jeff Bezos, by investment firms that are run by family funds like, um, ooh, why time lapse? By who's the richest investor in the world? Warren Buffett and Heatherworth's investment institutions. They only have about um. 1.5 million bitcoin to actually buy up themselves so yes right now they can buy up as much as they can but that's only about less than 2 million bitcoin that they can actually purchase mm -hmm. if you're looking at the stats right now because of the way the bitcoin blockchain works it produces bitcoin every 10 minutes or so about 6.25 that means each day um, we're seeing about um, 900 Bitcoin being produced into supply. Mm -hmm. So if we want the price to stay the same, that means people around the world have to buy about 900 Bitcoin. Okay. But here's the funny thing. PayPal alone are buying up 24,000 Bitcoin each month. So... This just means, in short, to round up, that manipulations from larger institutions won't be able to happen as they won't be able to buy up all the Bitcoins that are out there because people like me, mm -hmm. people like you, and others that have started from, 20, from 2008, 2009, from the very beginning, haven't sold their Bitcoins. And majority of people that got involved before 2017 are still holding 10 million Bitcoin strong. Um, so over time, two, three years, manipulation can occur. But as soon as these regulations come into play, which is 2023, 2024, it's going to be like every other market can't be moved by one or two individuals. It has to be moved by everybody. Yeah. yeah. I hope that was a, an, a detailed, but not too detailed explanation. <laughs> That sounded good to me. Um, uh, I guess final question here, uh, because we have gone over time actually. But what advice would you give everyone on two topics? Number one, um, on starting a startup during college uh, or as a student in general. Number two, first, like, do you recommend it? And you know, are you should we expect it to take a toll on your studies? And number two is. What is your advice on Bitcoin? Should people invest now? Or shouldn't? Okay. And we will also... So, it goes down. Okay. Um, okay. So when it comes to the startup, um, if you have an idea, if you have a hobby, go for it. I'd say there's nothing holding you back. Um, there's a Chinese proverb that says the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. The second best time is today. So if you have a business idea, it could be clothing, it could be starting a YouTube channel, becoming a social influencer. I'd, I'd say start that now, because even if it's a, something you have no idea, there are many resources as students. Like I started in 2016, I had no idea. I'm sure I was only like 15, you know, 16. Like I, I'm not even 20 yet. My, birthdays in a few days like um but there there are many many resources that are available to to students that are in college like i was fortunate enough to be supported by the student ink program 
So if you have an idea, go to them. They'll help you out. And don't be afraid to start because uh, always looking back, you'd regret not doing it. But if you did it, at least you can say, I tried, you know. And I hope to God that for everybody that starts in 2020, after surviving 2020, and they're starting a business idea in 2021, all the best to them because there are many opportunities today. And the second point now is even if you don't start up a business idea, the concept of saving in 2021 is essential. Um, my advice to people that are looking into Bitcoin is Bitcoin is a good way to start saving. But to start saving, you need to know how much you're earning. So rule one of finance, know what you have and know what's going in and out. So I recommend as students, uh, create a budget, find out, okay, I'm earning this much, rent costs this much. I have 100 euro left in the week. If you have 100 euro left in the week and you want to save a bit of that, I'd recommend taking 10% of that and putting it into Bitcoin. I'm not saying throw your life savings, but if you have 100 euro, take 10 euro and put it in. Because if you do that every single week, you'll be surprised how much you can save with Bitcoin. As the price over a few days goes up and down, but as you can see, looking back over a few years, there's only one trajectory. It's up. So mm-hmm. I recommend that uh, first things first, create a budget, see how much you can save. And once you have that goal in mind, take 10% of that, put that into Bitcoin. If you have a savings account, I'd say put that into the savings and have an emergency fund for at least a month's worth of expenses. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to be throwing everything into Bitcoin and you need to take out like grand and then the next day it drops by 20%, you know. But if you only put in 100 and it drops by 20%, that's only what, 20 euros. It's not the end of the world if you're next week just going to add a tenner and a tenner again and again and again. So that strategy is called the dollar cost averaging strategy. And once again, detailed on our website and explains a little bit more and why for students starting now, doesn't matter if you're 18 or 30, uh, saving for the future is the only way to get ahead. Like businesses are great. Um, I would definitely try and pursue that. But if you have extra income, um, definitely start investing and saving because you'll be surprised how much you can actually save from not going out or not getting that kebab you know, every week or so. Um, so yeah, that's my idea, you know. And obviously if you have a lot more to invest or you've just been given a million dollars, well, go for it because in a few years you'll be extremely wealthy. Nosa, thank you very much for uh, all the information that you shared with us. Uh, a reminder to everyone that the deadline to sign up for our data link hackathon is tomorrow. So do sign up tonight uh, if you want to uh, join the prize is 1000 euro for the winning team you can either form your own team or we can put you in a team and do keep an eye on our social medias and your email sign up to our uh, mailing list if you haven't and there will be many events to come this semester and uh, yeah thank you thank you Nosa. no worries all the best boys and uh yeah if there's one thing that i'm going to say uh, is just learn first because then that's how you know how to earn you know first you have to learn and then you can earn so yeah thank you thank you